Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. Get ready for your life to be changed by today's message from Pastor Jeremiah Hosmer. Grab your Bibles and remain standing for the reading of the Word of the Lord today. I want to welcome all of you that are watching online right now. I know some of you wasn't able to get here today uh, because of just being under the weather and uh, things like that. I want you to know we sent a healing word your way probably about 15 minutes ago and we declare you to be raised up in the power of Jesus right now. Amen. And so we we thank you so much for tuning in today. I want you to go in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians, chap- 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I thought I was done last Sunday, but I'm going to go right back into this one more time today. And uh, I feel like the Lord just has a, a sovereign, a sovereign word for this house and for, uh, I really believe it's for the whole nation today, the whole body of Christ as well. And so how many, you know, the Bible says that we know in part and we what prophesy in part. And, and it's amazing to me how many people want to turn around and crucify prophets right now. And I'm saying, I didn't know you was perfect. The Bible says we know in part and we prophesy in Watch your words. Watch your words. And, and, and if I wasn't, if I didn't know what to say, I'd just, Lord, help me not to say anything. Help me, Jesus. Amen. If I don't know what to say, help me not to say nothing. Uh, praise God. My, my, one of my cousins used to say that, uh, actually, I don't know if it was my dad that told him or his dad that told him, but he said, son, if you keep your mouth shut, people have to guess how dumb you are. <laughs> and he done a bunch of dumb stuff, you know, and, and, and people have to really guess hard. But when you were talking, they really knew something. Anyway, let's go into 1 Corinthians chapter 12 today and verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is the Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. That's a very King James, classy, uh, sophisticated way of saying It is the same God that works through the same gifts of the Holy Spirit through different people in different ways. There you go. Let me bring it down to layman's terms so you'll understand that. And there are, and and it says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For one, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings, uh, and, and, and by the same Spirit, and to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another interpretation of tongues. But one in the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. I want you to go over to Isaiah chapter 43 real quickly. Isaiah chapter 43. I'm going to read a portion of scripture from here. And and then we'll pray and you can be seated after that. Everyone, in verse 7, everyone who is called by my name 
whom I have created for my glory. I have formed him. Yes, I have made him. Bring out the blind people who have eyes and the deaf people who have ears. Let all the nations be gathered together and let the people be assembled. Who among them can declare this and show us former things? Let them bring out their witnesses that they may be justified or let, or let them hear and say it is truth. You are my witnesses, says the Lord, and my servants or my servant whom I have chosen that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he before before me there was no God formed, nor shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and besides me there is no Savior. I have declared and saved, I have proclaimed, and there was no foreign God among you. Therefore, you are my witnesses, says the Lord, that I am God. Indeed, before the day was, I am He, and there is no one who can deliver out of my hand. Listen to this right here. I work. And who shall reverse it? I work and who shall reverse it, says the Lord. So, Father, in the name of Jesus today, we stand in your presence before your holy word. You said the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord shall stand forever. Now, God, today, let fire hit this house. Let the fire of the Holy Ghost hit this house like never before. And, Lord, I pray today that you would begin to burn so powerfully in people that their lives will never be the same again. I pray burn out everything that ain't of you and, and impart everything that is of you, Father. And, Lord, we look to you today because you are our only Savior. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, let your perfect will be done and let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And, Father, we yield ourselves and submit ourselves. Now, grant me a prophetic utterance to speak into the hearing of your people. Let me have the help of the Holy Ghost and look upon my availability and not my ability today. And, Lord, when it's all said and done, let Christ be, let Christ be glorified in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, I pray today, let hell be horrified in the name of Jesus. Now, now let the church rise up in the power of the Holy Ghost. And I thank you for it. In the name of Jesus, we count it done and consider it done. And everybody said amen. Give the Lord a hand for his word today. You may be seated in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Now, last week I began to talk about, I was preaching last week and I said there was something that concerns me. I, I, I taught, matter of fact, if you wasn't here last week and you didn't get the message, you need to listen to the message from last week. I taught on the gifts of healings, the gifts of healings. I taught on the working of miracles and the gift of faith. And, uh, and so today I'm not teaching on a gift. I'm more bringing a presentation of why this nation needs the gifts. That's where you shout amen, just in case you didn't know. Why the church of this nation needs the gifts of the Holy Ghost. And I told you last week, I said there's a big concern that's growing in me that there will arise a generation that does not know the Lord nor the powerful works in which he did. We see this arising in many people right now. And, and, but I'm going to tell you, if you're part of this house, you can count yourself blessed because you and your family are not going to be that way. Shout amen for that. 
Your kids are going to see the power of the Holy Ghost. Your kids are going, your, your offspring is going to see the anointing of the Holy Ghost. They're going to see the power of God. They're going to be able to stand up one day, even if there ain't nobody, there ain't hardly any churches in the nation that believes in the gifts of the Spirit or the power of the Holy Ghost. They're going to be able to stand up one day and say, I can remember sitting in the church service and I can remember when sister so-and-so stood up and spoke in tongues and somebody else gave the interpretation and people walked down to the altar and got themselves right with God. I can remember when brother so-and-so laid his hands on somebody and I watched a sick man be healed. And I can remember when sister so-and-so laid her hands on another sister and I've seen the demons come out of them. I'm talking about the gifts of the Holy Ghost and you ought to count yourself blessed that you're sitting in an atmosphere and under anointing that says come what may I don't care if 99.9999% of the churches say I don't want it this house is saying as for me and my house we're going to serve the Lord and we're going to move in the power of the Holy Ghost and we're going to move in the gifts of the Holy Ghost and we're going to lay hands on the sick and they're going to recover and we're going to watch the devils fall out and we're going to watch people speak with new tongues and we're going to raise up apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers who carry the fire of a last day's anointing of Elijah anointing now stand up on a mountain and say we'll call down fire and line them all up if you want to but as for me and as for my house we'll walk in the power of the living God you need to count yourself blessed That you're a part of a church right now. That if the gifts of the Holy Ghost want to break out, they can break out. Hallelujah. Count yourself blessed. That God can use somebody in this house to prophesy. Or God can use somebody to give a word of wisdom. Or God can use somebody to give a word of knowledge. Or God can use somebody to speak in tongues and somebody else to interpret it. Or God can use somebody with a gift of faith or the working of miracles. Or God can use somebody with the gifts of healings or the discerning of spirits. You need to count yourself blessed. Oh, glory be to God. Oh, hallelujah. I don't know why y'all go down to that old church. I'm just in my introduction right now. I don't know why y'all go down to that old church. Don't y'all know who that man used to be? Key word, used to be. Key word, sorry, used to be. I don't know why you go down to that old church. We're able to get out in 56 minutes. Yeah, but you're still bound and you're still addicted and you still got them devils in you and there's still all kinds of chaos in your home. But we are serving a Lord that the Bible says those who wait on the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Glory be to God. We're, I want you to know something right now. Uh, you may be sitting in here today. Some of you sitting in here today, you might be so far away from God, you're lost as a ball in high weeds. You're like, you're like last year's Easter egg. Don't nobody know where you're at, but I came to tell you God knows where you're at. You may be sitting in this place saying, preacher, you don't have a clue what I've done. You don't have a clue what I've been through, and you don't have a clue what I'm fighting right now. I just came to deliver a word to you that you were meant for more. 
said you were meant for more. You were created for more. You were created for great things, says the Spirit of the Lord. So why live so low? And why be a bottom feeder when you got your name at a place at the Father's house and you can freely feast of the table of the Lord and you can freely feast of the things of God? I came to declare over this house there ain't no bottom feeders in this house. We are the children of the Most High God and we will eat at the table of the Lord. You were meant for more, church. You were created to demonstrate the supernatural power of God. Matter of fact, lift one hand to heaven and say, I was created to demonstrate the supernatural power of God. Hallelujah. I'll lift one more hand and say, in the name of Jesus, I was born. I was created. I was made for more than natural living. Hallelujah. You were saved and filled with the Holy Spirit to be used by God to reach and rescue your generation from the pits of hell. Hallelujah. God has invested much in you. Think about it for a minute. Think about the investment in your life right now. Think about what was paid for you. God has invested much in you. He didn't purchase, purchase us with, with such a high price for us to live with the same limitations that we lived with before we came to him. He didn't purchase us with such a high price for us to turn around and be subject to the same old stuff that we were subject to before we came to him. Hallelujah. I want you to know that God has created you and purchased you for great things on the earth. Great things on the earth. Not just natural works, but supernatural works. Hallelujah. You know, there are many ways. There are many ways to discover the value of something. But I believe that these three are the main ways to discover the value of something. I'm still in my introduction, by the way. A Pentecostal's introduction can go as long as he wants. His time does not start until he says number one. When he says point number one, then you start his time. But until then, you're just out there freely floating. Praise God. But you need to understand that one of the ways that you can discover the value of something is called supply versus demand. Supply versus demand. Now, those of you that have never been in business or anything, just stick with us. We're going to help you learn a little bit of economics today. Supply versus demand. The second way you can, you can discover the value of something is the face value of something. In other words, it's not what someone thinks it's worth. It's what somebody will pay for it. You can put a million dollars on your home, but guess what? If won't nobody pay a million, it ain't worth a million. It's worth what somebody will pay for it. The third thing that considers the value of something is its ability to produce. Its ability to produce. Does it have the ability to produce something of value? Can I get a return on my investment? 
When you consider these three things, now you understand why the Father was willing to pay such a high price for each and every one of us. When you look at the supply and the demand, you realize that the supply is low and the demand is very high. The supply is so low that there ain't but one of you. There may be people that look like you. There may be people that talk like you. There may be people that have the same calling as you, but there ain't but one of you. There ain't but one Pastor Jeremiah. There ain't but one of me on the face of this earth. So the supply is low, but the demand is high. One man of God said the soul of a man is so valuable that all hell and heaven will fight over one of it. It'll fight over one soul. Can I tell you that's how high the demand is, but that's how low the supply is is. And then when you look, I want you to know something else, that when you look at your lives through the lens of producing for the kingdom of God through the power of the Holy Ghost, then you will realize that you have great value because I want you to know that regardless of whether you're the one who reaches the Billy Graham, teaches the Billy Graham, or you are the Billy Graham, there is something in you that can produce millions for the kingdom of God. So you need to realize that that's why God paid such a high price. He paid a high price because the supply is low and the demand is high. He paid a high price because of the ability through the power of the Holy Ghost for you to produce for his kingdom. And so I want you to look at one more thing. When you look at the face value of your life, have you ever thought about what you were worth? I'm not talking about what the bank says you're worth. I'm not talking about your 401k. I'm talking about what are you worth in the eyes of God. I'm saying what did God say you was worth. And when it came time to pay for just one of us, he did not send the blood of bulls and goats. He did not send a substitute, but he sent his only son that when he bled on Calvary's cross, he said, I didn't give half as well. I didn't give half as much. I didn't give three quarters. I gave you my best. That's what you're worth, church. That's what you're worth in the eyes of God. At face value, you are worth everything God could give. This is how you consider the value of something. I said all this to bring you to this point of revelation. If you were purchased with God's best, and you were, then you have been equipped with God's best. God would never purchase something with, he would never, uh, he would never pay his best to purchase something and put something inferior in it. How many of you would, would go out and buy, uh, let's say a, a luxury car, maybe, maybe something that costs a car of $300,000, $400,000 and go stick a $100 radio in it? Oh, I'm talking to somebody today. How many of you would go out and buy a $100,000 truck and put a $1,000 motor in it? You would never do that. And let me tell you something. When God paid his best for you, he didn't put something inferior inside of you. He said, I'm going to give you my very own spirit. I'm going to give you my very own power. I'm going to give you my very own anointing. Why? I paid the best for you and I'm equipping you with the best. Give him praise if you believe that right now. Isaiah 8, 18 says this, here am I and the children of the Lord, the children the Lord has given me. We are, listen to this, we are for signs and wonders. That's what you're for. 
Listen, that's the scripture. I didn't make that up. We are for signs and wonders. That's why God paid for you. We are for signs and wonders. Now I'm going to say something that's going to really stir up some religious people. God is looking for a return on his investment. God expects a return on his investment. I'm going to say it over here for the quiet crowd. I'm just playing. God expects a return on his investment. Look through the scriptures how many times Jesus talks about business. He expects a return on what return on the investment are you giving God? What kind of return has God seen out of your life? He said, he, he said, this wicked and lazy servant went and took my investment and hid it. He says, therefore, I'm going to take what I put in them and I'm going to give it to the ones that will what? Produce something. God is looking for a return on his investment. The good news is this. He's not asking you to try to perform it by yourself. He's not asking you to try to do it on your own power. He's not asking you to try to do it in your own ability. For it's not by our might and it's not by our power, but it's by the spirit of the Lord. He said, I'll give you my Holy Spirit. I'll anoint you and give you my gifts. Now bring me a return on my investment. Oh, glory. The baptism in the Holy Ghost and the gifts of the Spirit are not some kind of secondary product. You have been equipped, you have not been equipped with the inferior, but you have been equipped with the superior. Many times, many times when there were, I'm about to get to my, uh, my, my sermon now. I'll let you know when you can start your time. Many times when there were conflicts in the Bible, major conflicts, things that determined the outcome of nations, the things that determined the outcome of the children of Israel, things that determined the outcome of the church, hear me very clear on this. God sent the gifts of the Holy Spirit to defeat what was coming against them. The gifts of the Holy Spirit were sent to bring victory. God used the gifts of the Spirit to defeat it. Anytime there was a threat to, wipe, threat to try to wipe out the church, you'll see the gifts of the Holy Spirit show up. Could that be why the church has become so bulimic? Why the church has become so weak? And why the church has become so defeated? Could it be that that's why we swallow anything somebody rams down our throat? And could it be that you don't hear a voice and from the church right now and you ought to hear the loudest voice in this nation ought to be the church of Jesus Christ. Why? It's time that the church get back to the gifts of the Holy Ghost so you'll defeat the enemy that comes against it. 
In Exodus chapter 14, we, you, can, you can write it down and read it later if you want to. In Exodus chapter 14, we read about, we read about the story of the children of Israel and God had worked signs and wonders to get them free, to get them free from the bondage of Egypt. And here they come. They, they, they have gotten out of Egypt and now they come to a place called the Red Sea. And the problem is, is they have no way to cross the Red Sea and Pharaoh's army is coming from behind them. They are in a place that they don't know how to get out of. They're in a place that they can't do nothing about, about in any way. They have no ability on their own to make this sea part and they have no ability to go back or else they're going to die. And the Bible says that Moses began to cry out to God. Now listen to what the Lord told him. He said, why are you crying out to me? Now that stirred some religious people up right there because you want to blame everything on God. You don't want to hold any kind of responsibility. Well, if God wants to, then he will. No, no, God is saying, why are you crying out to me? Moses, I have already equipped you with what you need. Grab your rod, lift it up, and command the Red Sea to part. And the Bible says that Moses stood up, grabbed his rod, lifted it up, and the Red Sea parted, and the children of Israel walked over on dry ground. And then when they got over to the other side, he said, now I want you to raise your rod and lower it one more time, and command it to come back on the, on the Egyptian army. And we know that's exactly what happened. And the enemies that they saw that day, they did not see the next day. Why? Because the working of miracles showed up in the children of Israel, the gift of the Holy Ghost. Could that be? that the church right now is looking at a red sea in front of them and looking at the and looking at the enemy behind us and God's saying listen I know you're crying out to me but I have already given you the gifts of the Holy Ghost stand up in the power of the spirit and in the faith of God and command the red sea to part command it to part right now in the name of Jesus hallelujah Glory be to God. Have you ever, have you ever found yourself in a difficult place by obeying God? I guarantee I have. And if you haven't, just get saved and hang around with us a little while. I promise you there's a day coming where you have done what God has told you to do and you're in a difficult place. You're in a hard place. I barely even mentioned you're in an impossible place. And that's what the children of Israel had done. They had obeyed God, but now they find themselves in a place and the Lord says, I tell you what, if you'll just use the working of miracles, I'm going to make a way. We sang about it this morning. A way maker. I will make a way where there is no way and I'll cause you to walk over on dry ground and I'll defeat your enemies. The reason the church is being defeated in many places is because it's relying on the natural. It's relying on the wisdom of man and it's relying on the arm of the flesh. But cursed is the man who leans on the arm of the flesh and blessed is the man who leans on the arm of the spirit. I'm trying to tell you today, church, I'm trying to tell you that we've spent too much time glorifying and exalting challenges and oppositions. We've spent too much time glorifying what we're looking at 
and what we're facing instead of who's on our side. We need to now, what we need to do is get filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you right now, the days are coming where people are going to have to have the power of the Holy Ghost. It's not going to be good enough just to attend a service. It's not going to be good enough just to have your religious card. It's not going to be good enough just for your mom and daddy to pray. And it's not going to be good enough for you to come from a religious house. You're going to have to have the power of the Holy Ghost. That means some of you are going to have to stop leaving when the altar call happens. That means some of you are going to have to get in your Bible. You're going to have to start praying. You're going to have to start seeking God. You need to understand not only you, but your generation is depending on what you can receive right now. This is not a time like it was in the past, but this is a moment in where God is ready to open something up and help you in your time of need. Glory. The Lord led me to the uh, Ezekiel 33 the other day. Ezekiel 33, the Lord told Ezekiel, he said, son of man, he said, they look at you like a good sounding instrument. He said, they look at you like a good sounding instrument. They say, come and see the word of the Lord in this man's mouth. He says, but son of man, they don't do what you say. Oh, they shout at your preaching, Ezekiel. But they won't obey what you're trying to say. He said, so tell them this is what I'm about to do to them so they'll know that there has been a prophet in their midst. I'm telling you right now, the days are coming where you're going to have to have the power of the Holy Ghost and the church that tarries and the church that seeks God and the church that will come together and pray and the church that will begin to work the miracles of God in the land. This is the church in which the Lord will stand up and fight for in Jesus' name. Glory. Let's give the Lord a hand right now. Amen. Help somebody, help somebody get that right now. In 2 Kings chapter 6, we read about a severe famine that hit Samaria. The reason for this famine was because the Syrian army had come against Samaria and besieged it. After many days, there was no food left in the city. And because of the Syrian army, no one could bring food in and no one could go out and get any food. And, and listen, you think you got it bad? Let me tell you how bad they had it. The Bible says that they were paying high prices for a donkey's head to eat it. The Bible says that they were paying high prices for dove's dung. Man, these people were eating poop. You think you got it bad? You ain't got it bad until you're eating dove poop. You're talking about, man, you need a tic-tac, son. Hallelujah. And some Listerine. And a toothbrush. You didn't want them people praying for you, did you? You'll go out in a courtesy fall just not to smell it anymore. Amen. I'm going to give you a courtesy fall because your breath stinks. But anyway, <laughs> some of you are laughing because you've done that. We're going to move on. <laughs> the, only time people get, the only time people get a pass on that is when they've been fasting. You've got to bear with them. Bear with them in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. 
I told somebody, I don't know what this has anything to do. I'll get back in it in a minute. I told somebody the other day, I'm going to try to give my deer the coronavirus so they can't smell me and I can kill them when I go in the woods. I don't know what that has to do with anything. We was talking about smell. Things had gotten so bad that these two women made an agreement, struck a contract. You think you got it bad? Listen to this. This woman says, listen, we're hungry. So I'm going to kill my child and we're going to eat my child. Now this is in your Bible, by the way. I'm not making this up. And I'm going to eat my, we're going to eat my child. And then when my child's gone, then we're going to kill your child and we're going to eat your child. Well, the Bible says that they came before the king in a case because they, one woman killed her child and they ate it. But the other woman said, we ain't killing my child. So they, she said, I'm going to sue you. They come before the king and said, this is what happened. And the king tore his clothes. Now listen very carefully here. I'm bringing you to a point right now that's happening in the church. The king turned around, tore his clothes and blamed the prophet. What did the prophet have to do with it? He said, I'm telling you, bring me Elisha's head. Well, now you messed up when you put your mouth on the man of God. He didn't have nothing to do with you. Your, your, your craziness got you in that place. But he wanted to go after the prophet. Ain't that what the church is doing right now? We're mad. I want to go after the prophet. You better leave the prophets alone. You better leave the prophets alone and you better tell your brothers and sisters in Christ, shut their mouths and leave the prophets alone. He said, you better not do my prophets any harm. Don't lift up your voice against them. And church, I don't know about you, but this situation has hit it. It had hit its bottom. When you're willing to kill your child and, and boil them and eat them, it had hit its bottom. I don't think they could have went any further down. But watch this. What changed the situation? The Lord sent the gift of prophecy. I'm telling you, the, the, all of Samaria, the whole northern part of the king of Israel, it shifted in 24 hours. How? Through the gift of prophecy. Everything changed in 24 hours through the gift of prophecy. And the king's servant, he came to get the, the head of the man of God. And Elisha said, look at this here crazy person coming, thinking he's about to take my head. Watch this. Y'all seize this man and let me tell him the word of the Lord. He says, listen here. You crazy person. I'm trying to sanctify it. I wanted to say something else, but you crazy person. He said, listen here. He said, 24 hours from now. Now that's not written in there. He said, this time tomorrow, that's 24 hours. He said, you're about to see an abundance come on this place. And that man said, let me tell you something. If God opened the windows of heaven, it couldn't happen. He said, just for that saying right there, you'll see it, but you won't eat of it. That's why I'm trying to tell you, church, you better watch your mouths right now on what you're trying to say, because God could say for that saying, you'll see it, but you won't eat of it. And, the, and when he released that gift of prophecy, I want you to know that when in 24 hours, everything had changed. Pastor, what are you trying to say today? I'm trying to say, we look at a, we might look at a 
crazy time in our nation. It might be a bad time in the church somewhere, and it might even be a dark time in your life. But one word from God, one gift of prophecy, one prophetic word can change everything in 24 hours. Everything can shift right now, and where there was lack, there can be abundance. Where there was sickness, there can be healing. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. And where you thought you was by yourself, the armies of God can surround you in that place. 24 hours. God can show up and change everything. I know you think it might take six months. I know you think it might take, make me think, do you think, think, think it takes six years? I know you may think, man, God, I don't know how this marriage can be put back together. Oh, God, I don't know how I can get out of this debt. Oh, God, I've got a bad doctor's report. And God said, who will you believe? Will you believe the report of the Lord or you believe the report of man? Will you believe the doctor? Or will you believe Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals? He says, in 24 hours, I can shift everything in your life. Somebody say, shift it, Jesus. He said in 24 hours, I can reverse everything. My God, the church has tried to, oh, help me, Lord. The church has bought into and swimming in the soul-sucking force of reason right now. And it's trying to reason everything. It's trying to reason it. Oh, this can't happen because of this. And that can't happen because of that. And that can't show up because of this. And God said, get out of the way and let me show you who I really am. I am the God that made a way where there was no way. I am the God that split the Red Sea. I am the God who made water flow from a rock. I am the God who sent my son. I am the God that filled you with the Holy Ghost. And I am the same God that can shift it, reverse it, and change it in 24 hours. Somebody shout in this house right now. He sent the gift of prophecy. And a man of God stood up and said, listen here. Everything's going to shift. Everything's going to shift in 24 hours. And if you don't believe it, you won't eat of it. That is a word for the church right now. Hallelujah. There won't be any more getting blessings because you're in the vicinity. You're about to have to believe for yourself. You're about to have to have faith for yourself. You're about to say, I don't care what they say. I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. Hallelujah. God used the gift of prophecy to take a group of people from a severe trial to a great triumph. He used the gift of prophecy to take them from a severe famine to an abundance of feasts. He used the gift of prophecy to take them from being surrounded by the enemy and surrounded by the Syrian army to being surrounded by God. It may look like I am surrounded, but I am surrounded by the armies of God, the Lord. Glory. I'm here to tell you today, there isn't anything happening in this nation 
regardless of what it is, that God can't change in 24 hours. You better hear the word of the Lord. I'm telling you, I, it don't matter. I, I refuse to, be, I, I believe the report of the Lord. He says, believe in the Lord and you shall be established. Believe my prophets and you will prosper. I believe in the report of the Lord. And you hear me, Facebook land. You hear me, YouTube land. There ain't nothing that is happening right now, whether it be in the nation, in the church, or your life, that God can't change and reverse in 24 hours. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. 24 hours. God can do it. God can change it. God can reverse it. Well, that's good preaching, Pastor. I got blessed today, and I, I'm going to go. It's time for me to go. I, I got my, I, you know what, I, that sounded real good. See, you're going to miss it. You're going to miss it. Because see why that's going out right there, you gotta grab it. You gotta look at what needs to be reversed in your life in 24 hours and you gotta put it in your pocket and dare the devil to come up and try to take it. You gotta put it in your pocket and say, I ain't leaving without what God has for me today. I am leaving here and I need a reversal in 24 hours and God, if you said it, I believe it, I receive it in the name of Jesus. First Samuel chapter 17, we read about the story of David and Goliath. If you have been around church any amount of time or you attended a vacation Bible school and ate stale cookies and red Kool-Aid, drank red Kool-Aid, you know about David and Goliath. Y'all know my thing about that. I'm like, why y'all keep giving us stale cookies? I want some good cookies. Y'all know them little cookies that had a little hole in them? Y'all remember them cookies on your VBS? You know, you went vacation Bible school. Everybody had them same cookies. I was wondering, where y'all getting them from? The co-op or something? What's going on right here? These things stale. They soft. <laughs> Don't worry. I get from the co-op too. Though. I ain't trying to judge you. <laughs> give, me some, give me some good cookies. I want to crunch on some cookies, man. And that Kool-Aid ain't got no sugar in it. I'm just going to go on anyway. Kool-Aid's got to have sugar in it. Amen. And we, we don't want Splend either. We want sugar in the Kool-Aid. Two cups per gallon. Come on, somebody. Two cups per gallon. <laughs> My God, you've been around VBS anytime. You know the story of David and Goliath. And uh, so David walks up and, he, and they, he, he's done said, I'll kill that joker. And uh, they said, okay, watch this. We're going to send you on down there. I think they really thought David would turn around sometime. Yeah. I really thought they was going to say, he's going he's gonna, he's gonna to punk out. He ain't going to go down there. David walks down there and he says, King, I'll kill him. King says, okay, let me put my armor on you. Let me give you my armor so you can go fight him. Now, I would have been embarrassed as Saul to be given my armor to another man to go fight my enemy. I would have, I would that shows you that he was punking out already. But anyway, he says, here, David, get, get my armor, get my sword, you know, go, go fight him. And David says, hold on one second. I can't, I haven't tested these things. I don't know that they will work for me. I haven't tested them. You see, the armor of Saul represents the ability of flesh. 
It represents the ability of flesh. It represents the church leaning on the arm of the flesh. It represents the church leaning on its own ability. It represents people leaning on what they can produce and not what God produces. And David says, listen, I haven't tested none of this stuff. I don't even want this stuff. And he takes it off and he says, give me my bag of rocks and my sling. He says, I've done tested these things and I have watched that God has showed up time and time again. Every time, every time I needed something, God showed up. I might have only had a rock and a sling, he said, but God showed up with his grace and his power and he made the rock and the sling everything it needed to be and all that I needed. He said, when the bear showed up, I didn't have nothing but a rock and a sling, but the power of the Holy Ghost. He said, when the lion showed up, I didn't have nothing but a rock and a sling and the power of the Holy Ghost. He said, that was enough then and that is enough right now and I'm going to go down and kill the giant and not by my might, not by my power but by the spirit, by the Holy Ghost and I'll take my five rocks in my sling and the same God that showed up on the lion and the same God that showed up in the bear is going to show up with Goliath. What are you trying to say right now, pastor? I'm saying church, if it was the gifts of the Holy Spirit that defeated the lion, if it was the gift of the Holy Spirit that defeated the bear, if it was the gift of the Holy Spirit that defeated the giant. It is the gift of the Holy Spirit that'll take the giants down right now. We don't need something new. We don't need something that ain't nobody ever seen. We don't need the arm of the flesh. We need the power of the Holy Ghost. He says, I refuse to go fight this giant in the natural. Here in this story, David operates in two gifts of the Holy Spirit. First is the gift of faith. The gift of faith. The supernatural empowerment from, empowerment from the Holy Spirit that causes faith to rise in your life at such a level that you did not have it before. This is obvious that the gift is working in him because he runs at a giant when, that no one else would run and fight with, with just a sling and five stones. The gift of faith. He had the gift of faith. The second gift that was working was the gift of prophecy. What do you mean? David tells the giant, you come at me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Then he prophesies to the giant and he tells him, the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give your carcass of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beast of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. He prophesies to that enemy. I've come to tell you today, church, that if the gifts of the Spirit defeated Goliath, they'll defeat your giant. If the gifts of the Spirit defeated the bear, it'll defeat, your, it'll defeat what's coming to try to take you out. If it defeated the lion that was coming to try to kill the sheep, then it'll turn around and defeat what's trying to kill your family. It is the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And right now, all over our nation, there are giants defying, defying the church and the armies of God. They stand up daily. They put their chest out and say, we like to kill babies. What are you going to do about it? They put their chest out and say, you can't serve, you can't worship, and you can't do these things. What are you going to do about it? But I've come to serve notice on the spirit of the land that say, if God be for me, who can be against me? I'm not coming to you arrogantly. I'm not coming to you pridefully, and I'm not coming to you boasting in my flesh. I'm coming to you boasting in the very spirit of the living God that says right now that if God is for us, and he is, the armies of the Lord surround 
around us and a thousand may fall at our side and 10,000 at our right hand, but none shall come near us. The best thing you can do is humble yourself before the mighty hand of God and let him lift you up in due time. Every giant in this land can fall. Every giant in your life can fall. Every giant against the church can fall. Right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Say amen if you believe it. If you don't believe it, it's okay. Just get some faith. Just get some faith. Come on, Molly. Now, I've got to do something. It's not going to be popular. And I'm not doing it to be popular. I've got to do it because uh, I've, I can't remember if the Lord was putting it in my mind before I went to bed this morning, I'm in bed last night, but when I woke up this morning, it's one of the first things that pops in my mind. <clears throat> and this was it. A leader in this nation, and I'm not trying to, I'm not up here supporting Democrats or Republicans because I'm going to be honest with you. When you look at parties, they're really not, none of them for us. Okay, you need to understand that. I support the kingdom of God. Everything I preach, I can back up in this Bible. Everything I preach, I can back up in this Bible. If I've ever said something that wasn't in this Bible, Lord, forgive me and please hold it not against me and let not my life or let my life be spared from it. But a leader in this land stood up and, and basically prophesied over this land and said, this will be a dark winter. And the spirit of the Lord said, you need to break that word off of my church. He said, break it off my church. He said, he has no authority to speak into my church. He has no authority to speak over my people. And he has no authority to prophesy over their lives, but yet he has released something that is coming against the house. That's why after the election, there's a couple reasons. One, y'all handled in prayer this morning. The other reason is this. One of them is because people, the church of the body of Christ has put their mouths on people they shouldn't put their mouths on. Second reason is after the election, you've noticed there has been an onslaught against the kingdom of God. I'm not talking about what you hear on media. I don't even watch news some more, no more. So I don't know what's going on. I refuse to let them dump that junk in me. You got another thing coming. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about an all-out attack that's happened against the body of Christ because there's been a word released, but he's a false prophet and he has no authority to speak into the body of Christ. Stick on your side of things. Stick in your side of things, sir. I got to make sure I don't disrespect because you can't be being disrespectful and stay in the anointing stick on your side of things, sir. But let me tell you something. I don't care what anybody says. They don't have authority to speak into the body of Christ. Don't you believe it in Jesus' name? And I break, I break, I break in the name of Jesus this word that was released over this nation that this will be a dark winter. I call it down in the authority of Jesus' name. I bind that word up. And my God said, what I bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And 
when I loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And I loose the blessing of the Lord over this land and over the church of Jesus Christ. And I loose the power of the Holy Ghost. And I loose the anointing of God right now. And I decree and declare, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against us, we shall condemn it. For this is our inheritance. You troubler of America, church or therefore God will release from heaven that which you shall not want in your life I release over this house health I release over this house wholeness I release over this house healing I release blessing I release favor and I release great grace in the name of Jesus stand up in the name of Jesus 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 whose report will you believe will you believe the prophets of God or will you believe somebody who's prophesying a dark winter over you in the name of Jesus you have no portion in this matter this is the kingdom of God and it won't be a dark winter unless God says it's going to be a dark winter. Now, I don't know about the world. I don't know about the world. Hear me clearly. I ain't speaking for the world. I'm speaking for the kingdom of God. I'm speaking for the servants of the Lord. I'm speaking for the people who have, who have given their lives to Jesus. in this land but for the next 60 seconds now those of you that are newcomers today listen you just hang with us for a few minutes I'm about to release this church to begin to pray in the Holy Ghost to pray in the spirit for a minute and we're going to listen let me tell you something the very the very listen the, the, the residue of that word shall not permeate this house shall not permeate this house in the name of Jesus. So church, I want you to take 60 seconds right now. Lift up your voice and pray in the Holy Ghost or pray with your understanding, each one. But pray and decree and declare right now the power of God, the authority of God, the anointing of God that breaks the yoke and turns around and snaps the chains in the name of Jesus.
of America. For you've walked away from the commands of God. And you have given yourself to Baal and the false gods and the idols. And you have bowed before them. You have seven days to repent. Seven days to repent. And you, if you do not repent, I'm telling you, you have seven days to repent. If you do not repent, you will reap the reward of your idolatry. And you will reap the reward of serving Baal. For there is an Elijah anointing that's released on the church right now. That calls the people to a place that say, who? Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your word today. Now, Lord, let the gifts of the Holy Ghost be released in this house right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now, right now, across this place, if you'd say, Pastor, I want more of God. Pastor, I need to be, I want to be used by God. Pastor, I want the baptism in the Holy Ghost and fire. Pastor, I want the gifts of the Spirit. Pastor, I believe that I am a part of an Elijah generation, a part of a generation to carry the Elijah anointing in the land today. You get out of your seats and come and stand at this altar. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. today upon those people watching right now. Let the power of the Holy Ghost hit them right now. Let the anointing of God hit them. Let the gifts of the Spirit be released now in the name of Jesus. Let them be released now in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for this right now. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We pray you were blessed by today's message. For more content and to get to know us better, download our app at AbundantLifeChurch.com.